Hi, welcome to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, and joining me today is Aleandra Slatopolsky, founder of Scalato, a firm that helps business to business scale through brand and communication. The thought of cracking into large corporations is daunting for many entrepreneurs. These companies have such an intimidating reputation, but we have Alejandra on with us today. And today we're going to discuss how to attract corporate clients, how to build a customer journey for big companies, and how we can scale without losing focus. Life is too short. Trying to run a business and balance what you love. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, a former corporate marketing drone and certified life coach turned mompreneur who got fed up with the mom guilt that comes from trying to have the perfect work-life balance. Why can't we have a fit life and a fit business? I'm here to make it easier to be your own boss and enjoy your life. Tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We're going all in with interviews with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, risk takers, coaches, and side hustlers, along with solo episodes with yours truly to provide actionable tools, tactics, processes, and even case studies so you can discover how to create, maintain, and or grow a total fit lifestyle you deserve. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Welcome to the show, Aleandra. Glad to be here, Brittany. Thank you for having me. I am so glad that you are here. And guys, I just have to tell you that Aleandra has got this huge background on dealing with corporations and B2B. Because as a matter of fact, when you first started, you got some of your insights in, insights into corporations from some of your friends, like maybe that owned a furniture shop or something. And you just kind of got right in with some of the smaller time um, businesses. Is that what happened? Exactly. No, yeah. I used to work in the corporate world at first. Mm -hmm. And then when I started on my own, I started with very small businesses. And sometimes when you start, you you'll take whatever you get. Sometimes that's a huge problem because you lose sight of what you're good at. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, it's really hard to keep a client happy. Right, right. Yeah, I learned my lesson there. And I, whenever I light up talking to a client, whenever they light up and they say, wow, you really get my business. Mm. That's when I know I'm in the right table, in the right conversation. When they have to spend too much time explaining to me what their business is, why they do what you do, especially my line of business that I have to really get the market, get what they're doing and run with it. It's just too much for them. Talking in B2B, you have to be able to pick up and, and run with whatever the organization is giving you as fast as possible so that they don't have the training. They don't have to train you. Right. Because honestly, if they have to train you, they just hire a team member. Exactly, exactly. So the thing is, so many of us want to break into this larger corporate level with our business. Say we have a service or, you know, product or something to market, but we don't know how to do that. What are some of the ways that we can connect with like maybe C-level executives within a larger corporation? So in B2B larger, like whether you are in looking for a large or small organization, mm -hmm. it's still going to be a person behind the purchasing process. 
So first of all, segment. I always say niche, niche, and segment. First, mm -hmm. find what are which are those corporations you want to break into. Which ones fit with you? Which right. ones share your value? If you're coaching, they have to share your values. If if they don't, it's going to be very hard for you to work with them. So first, go ahead and try to segment exactly what type of corporation you're looking for. Okay. After that, you have to find who the buyer is because you have the buyer, you have the, you have several people. It's not like in a small organization that the CEO makes a decision, right? Mm -hmm. So you have the buyer, you have the the ones that have to sign off on the purchase. And then the leadership. And the leadership is going to be looking for the results only. They're not going to be looking for what is it that you are doing. So it's like segmenting. Mm -hmm. If you've been doing it for small corporations, you've been doing the whole thing in front of one person. In, in, in larger organizations, you're going to have to convince several people. There's always one person where the ball stops rolling and you have to figure out <laughs> who that is. But also the one that your services will benefit the most. I'm working with a cybersecurity company and we're helping them reach large organizations. And we figured out that they were going after the CTO, the chief technology officer, which makes sense. But the CTO responds to the C-level and the C-level finds it hard to understand what they're doing. So what we started doing is a strategy in which we actually reached out to the C-level, changing the messaging. So we started talking to the C-level, to the CEOs, about how cybersecurity can help them grow their organization. And after that conversation, you have the conversation with the CTO about how it's going to you know, simplify their lives, uh, make them grow in their careers, and remove all the headaches they have every day. Right. But Figuring out how to enter a corporation and what the pain points are for each position is key. Okay, so it's best to break down the department and so focus on that department head, but you have to know if what your message is about is actually fitting that person or if you need to go to a different department, sell that department first in order for you to sell the next department. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. the same as, as a strategy that is B2B or B2C. Mm -hmm. I have that conversation all the time. So are you going to go to the mass market and tell them how awesome your product is? Whenever you have, if you have a product that uh, requires an intermediary, intermediary to buy it. So I have that in financial services all the time. You have products that are only sold by financial advisors. So I go ahead and make investors aware that they can buy these products so that they ask of it to the financial advisor? Or do I work only with the financial advisor for them to sell it? And it's not one size fits all answer, but it's something that will evolve with your business constantly and you will have to choose. The how in terms of how to approach corporate organizations, which is like actually what you were asking. First, find that buyer but also find the influencer on the purchasing decision. That's my example with the cybersecurity. Like oh, you man. have the buyer, the CTO is clearly the buyer, but the huge influencer is the CEO because it's a huge budget. So there is always a couple or three influencers there that you need to also attend and don't shy away from talking to them, from talking to different players in the organization. 
And for that, I honestly recommend LinkedIn. Go and find them. Make your list of corporate organizations. Make your list of positions. And then go find them on LinkedIn and approach the people that want to do their job correctly, that they want to work less hours so that you can simplify their life. Right. There's still there's still some women there working way too many hours. And you can the the ace in their sleeves helping them improve their department. Yes. Uh, so when you go, say we're using LinkedIn and we want to approach somebody on LinkedIn, what would you say? Because LinkedIn is still, it's very viable. It's just, it's a great platform, but you still can get in a lot of the kind of spammy kind of messages. What would you say is a good way of breaking that ice and getting, getting them to respond back to you? The problem is you need to do your homework. You either go the mass the massive way, which mm-hmm. is there are a ton of services that offer the automated or the virtual assistant or all of those services that allow you to send massive emails uh, through LinkedIn. That's one option. It's a little more expensive depending on the size of your business. The other option is, and that's one thing, honestly, that I've always learned. You either do it or you pay for it. <laughs> That's the reality of life. Every single day I have to pick up my kids. Yeah, you have to, or you're going to have to pay for a driver. No, I don't want to pay for a driver. I'm in every single aspect. And then, so I started analyzing things with the value of my, how much I make per hour. So I'm like, is it worth it? The other day I found this, I'm sorry, I'm deviating here, but it was a great phrase. It was like, when somebody, something is solvable with, it's not a problem. Mm. It's the budget issue. Right. No, it's an, it's an expense. If, if you can solve it with money, it's not a problem. It's an- right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, if you can solve it with money, it's not a problem. That's it. Anyways. So you either do it with LinkedIn through, you know, a service mm-hmm. or you do it with your homework one by one. Then you do your homework. What type of, it really depends on your business, but what type of activities are they doing mm-hmm. and make sure that you come into their business. Okay. I saw that you're offering X, Y, and C. You're offering these services. I know I can help people talk exactly to what their need is. That's all you need to do. That's when you're going to have the best response. I always use this example because I love it. This this is consultant that I actually hired some years ago that was a consultant for agencies. Mm -hmm. And he used to send me emails, send massive emails. He would be, they were not very well written, honestly, but they were very much to the point of my, what was happening with my life. Like okay. For example, when you're a consultant, what happens? You're doing everything. You need too much time on too little clients. You go through these phases of, okay, I have to work, work. I have too many clients. And then it, the work dries up and you're selling something. And then you go back. Um, no, he was talking to all my pain points. And that's when I engaged with him and said, okay, you get me. Let me talk to you. Mm. So that's the homework that I talk about. It's Talk about exactly to what they're doing and also to what their pain is. Gotcha. Now, let because, me add. Sorry. Even if no. it's a corporation, there's a person there struggling. Right. Yeah. There's still a person there that's struggling. And so that's, what's really interesting because we know if it's, we're selling to a small corporation, let's say this, a small company, that's only a a few people involved and you're selling directly to the decision maker for everything. It's easier to find those pain points. How do we find the pain points of somebody within a corporation? So say you're trying to sell to the CTO of an organization or to the CMO or the CFO or whoever you're selling to, how do we find their pain points in particular? 
Well, if you don't know specifically what the organization is going through, you're sure gonna find research online on what that position generally mm -hmm. stresses out about. Gotcha. So it's probably CEO, even easier to find that information, right? <laughs> if you've been in the industry long enough, yes, yes. CMOs, they're always struggling to find more budget and to get a team together, to get mm -hmm. the budget to have more tools for marketing. And it's been historical, right? Mm -hmm. CEOs yes. who are struggling with finance, innovation for sure. But it's just about whatever conversation you're having, you can even ask your current clients and that's going to give you information to what the pain points are. Yes. Yes. You're very right about that. Yes. Yes. So whenever you are telling your story to your client, what would you say has been most powerful for you when you're telling your story? The inflection point in my business was when I productized my consulting process. So when I actually executed this standardized way of saying, this is the way I know that works. Mm -hmm. These are the key elements of a scaling strategy. These are the key elements of a business strategy and a marketing communications one and a client experience one. It completely changed the conversation and conversion rate. Why? Because I was taking control of the conversation instead of sitting down and saying, hey, how can I help you? So the conversation switched and I said, okay, this is what we've been doing and this is how I know I can help you. Right. And that conversation made it that much easier to close the business. Yes. And then you stay in your lane. Sometimes you get in there and you just start, okay, yeah, we can do that. Okay. Yeah, we can. Do and it's not your expertise, but when you go in with a process that this is what we do, this is our five-step process, our six or seven, however many, you know, steps into your unique process and you stay in your lane and sell to that, then you create a strong story. Is that true? Or what would you say? Let me put it this way. I failed with every single client in which I've tried to adapt to their processes. Yes. Yeah. Instead of explaining how it should be going then converting to my process, because I, whenever I cannot convert them to my process, it means that they're staying in their own ways. And they're not a good fit for you anyway, at that point. Exactly. Because it's yeah. because I'm trying to figure out how to produce under their conditions. It's more stress. It's what's the point? Yeah. And each single client, I cannot expand my team. I have my team working and they know how, what processes to follow. And if we have to change the process for every single client, then one, I'm not scalable. Two, we're not productive, right. not efficient. Exactly. And it's not the best for the client either, because you may, you may hear these and say the other way. It's like, well, but you're not doing what's best. I am, because if I have to design a process for each single new client, mm -hmm. then they're wasting money because they're right. paying me for time that is not worth it because I've done it already. Yes. Yes. You are so right. It brings me to a book. I don't know if you've heard the book. It's called Built to Sell. And it is so much about that exact concept. And Basically, in short, there was a, an advertising an advertising agency who offered all different types of things, but what really moved the needle that was easy to create a process and make things happen was just designing logos. And it sounded like, okay, I can't make a business from just designing logos, but they ended up scaling tremendously by 
sticking to logos and not doing everything else you know that basically they had to change and rebuild their process every time they worked with someone and so i cannot you know agree with you more with what you're saying because there was a whole book written about it yeah actually i shouldn't be saying this but that's exactly a conversation i had with my partner the other day that i'm like we have to actually make our services smaller right yes we already, like we already have all our blueprints that it takes you from a to z but I'm like, we could be, you know, expanding every, even more if we just stick to the ones that are most successful. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It takes us back to that whole 80, 20, the Pareto's principle. You- <laughs> exactly. Yes. They're consulting clients constantly. Oh my God. The <laughs> client that calls you constantly, texts you and they're like freaking out over every single detail. <laughs> Is, oh my God. And you're not paying even half of the other one that never even calls me and just yes. gives the materials and use it and goes with it. Yes. And that's exactly what this, it's funny because I'm not promoting the book. It just happens to be a book that I read earlier this year that really moved to me, but that's exactly what they were saying in the book. And it's what you're saying. So it makes total sense. And I think that Sometimes we think that we can be so niche that we'll niche ourselves out. But I think that if you give me your thoughts on this, but I think that if you have properly niched yourself down to where you need to be, right where those pain points are, you become that expert and that go-to. And this is where I go. If I need technology support or if I need communication support or whatever it is, this is where I go. Cause they don't just offer all of these things. It's not a phone book of offerings. It's a, like a boutique. It's specialized. I, I cannot agree more. My, like, I always say, go find your niche. When you find it, make it smaller. Always. Like it's I I did it by default. I was selling the furniture store story because I started you do whatever work comes your way. But after that, and after I decided that I was gonna do only financial services, my business grew that much more. Mm-hmm. And it was by default, just because it was so much easier for me to do financial services. So I think that. In niche, it's not only industry, sometimes geography, buyer, mm. the product niche is key. I saw that with this provider that I know, he's great. And he decided to do video explainers for fintech companies. Oh. I was like, that's genius. He was doing marketing strategies and events and all over those place for it. but when he said no i'm doing these video explainers he he could charge first he could really charge a premium his process was that much faster his understanding of the product and the, his production process was that much faster and he really took off so i think and i've seen many examples of that and i love working with those companies yeah and i think when you are the buyer and this is what they do in day in and day out you feel more comfortable because yeah, because yeah, you know that they've seen more of of the mistakes and things that you, maybe you can avoid, and so they know how to streamline and actually save you money in the end, even though it's sold at a premium. Exactly, because you're gonna spend less time doing it, and you can truly delegate it. Yes, because I was gonna dig in and say, oh, Aliandra, tell us what what's a strong business offering. But as we're just discussing all this, everything is coming out, right? Yeah, it's just that. You want to make sure that you're, you're showing your client first. You want to make sure that 
you focus on outcomes. Hmm. Where you have a conversation, you want to show what is it that you're aiming for and teach them what you're aiming for, actually. Show them, okay, you're here, I'm going to take you here. And my process is this. I think that's the best way to just close business faster. Yes. And I love that approach. It's really, it sounds, oh, that sounds really easy, but it's. No, it's I'm still working on it constantly. I'm never convinced it's the right way. Like it's, you have to keep working on it. Yeah. You, you actually go out, you present it and they're like, oh no, let me rephrase that it again. And it's fine. We at Scalto, we, we designed the blueprint and we said, okay, we're going to give you three months. And every three months we go back to a drawing board. I say, okay, what's working here? What's not? It's very important to have that flexibility too. Yeah. And you use an accountability chart, right? I use a ton of tools. So we use, actually we use EOS. Uh We love that methodology. So we use this both for our our long-term planning. We used it for our value, to define our values, to define our marketing plan. We, We do our vision board. We do an execution plan. Our level 10 meetings, they're called. So everything that gave us a framework mm-hmm. and a common language. Yes. Yeah. That really helped us. If you're with yourself, it's really harder. So if you're a solopreneur, or you have a small team, which I had for many years, what really changed my life was when I found a coach, somebody external that could, you know, just, I could bounce ideas with. Right. And honestly, I didn't even pay for it. <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> He's a long lost uncle that was very successful uh, many years ago and now he's almost retired and he just became my sounding board and he loves it because he's he's of course still working and very fresh and he loves helping young people so look out take ask around there is a lot of organizations a lot of people willing to mentor out Mm. and when you're alone it's really important to have that sounding board because asking the question and answering it at the same time can get really tired yes Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that's awesome that you had a coach that you just, that you fell into, that you just found, because I agree. I think that every business in order to scale at some point, you need a coach, be it that it's someone that you know, or somebody that you're paying. I think that it's really hard to get beyond not having that coaching experience. And if you can't get a coach, I would suggest finding the good audiobooks or you know, podcast or things that you can at least hear real life situations happening. Yeah. And put pen to paper on your thoughts and your planning and then go back on them. Yes. Put it in your calendar and say, okay, I'm going to, it doesn't have to be this elaborate business plan, but at least some objectives and put them in a wall to remind you where you're heading. Everybody talks about the vision board, something that helps you vision where you're going, even if you don't know how. Right. I always say that in building a company, I have this vision. And for this, the first time in my life, I'm like, I'm a very like operations ready person. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I'm a doer. Plan right. done. Like all my friends, like every group of friends that I have, they're like, Ale, are you gonna organize it? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one that makes it happen, you know? Hey, we want to go there. Well, I bought the tickets. That's on. <laughs> uh, and I hate it because I'm like, well, somebody else could do it. But you do it so well. You're an expert. Exactly. That's <laughs> the problem. That I hate it. For the first time in my life, I do have a vision. I don't, but I'm not sure how I'm gonna get to it. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. 
but mm -hmm. it, having the vision is inspiring me more to right. work more and to figure it out and it's fun to figure it out so that's the part that we shouldn't miss sight. we shouldn't lose sight of that at some point you need to have fun yes i totally agree we definitely need to have fun oh my goodness so we are coming one of the most fun parts of the show. And it is our mentoring moment segment. And this is just when I fire off a thought provoking question just to get your idea so we can share it with the rest of the world. So Alejandra, if you were to give your, yourself advice five years ago, what would be the best advice you would need to hear? Reinvest more in your business. Don't, don't use it as a cash cow. Oh yeah. <laughs> I used it too much as a cash cow. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm glad. No, we needed that because so many of us are buying, we're spending it on this. We're getting that we're doing, you know, and I'm sorry. No, you, go to ahead. Do that, you need to do tough decisions. That's a problem. Yes. You need to make tough decisions with your personal finance. That's the issue. The other day I was talking to a friend that was having, you know, financial problems. And I told her, look, um, she said, I don't make enough money. And I'm like, you know what? When I got to this country, and I make, I made way less than you're making now. But anyway, mm -hmm. I met a lot of people and I used to have a boss that lived in the most expensive neighborhood in Miami with a mansion and drove the Maserati mm -hmm. and made, I don't know how much money he made, but it was of course in the millions and he was struggling. Mm -hmm. financially. And I was like, doesn't, it doesn't matter really how much money you make. It's right. just a matter of math. Spend yes. less than you make. So that's why I'm, I was not happy about treating the business as a cash cow, just to spend more instead of reinvesting more. Yes, I could not agree with you more. Oh my goodness. Alejandra, you have given us so much information and insight into going out and reaching out to corporate customers and just getting out there and just making it happen and niching down. Everybody will want to know how they can reach out to you. What is the best way they can reach out to you? Now, I am going to have the information in the show notes, everybody, but please let everybody know what's your favorite ways to be contacted. LinkedIn or any of the social media platforms you can find me. My last name is pretty particular. There is no other out there. So just Google me and you'll find a way to contact me for sure. Thank you so much for coming on to the show and we really appreciate your value. As always, thanks for listening. And if you got value out of the show, please show us some love and rate us by going to ratethispodcast.com backslash Total Fit Boss Chick. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick podcast. Bye for now.